Uh, if you look up anything on bike fit, you'll, you'll find the, uh, the, the cops principle. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Bing Slouches. Today's podcast brought to you by Jeff's Place Grill. It's kind of like uh, brother of Jim's Place. Brother, yeah. Not as good. <laughs> Not, as good. <laughs> Not as good as Jim's Place. All right. So today we're going to talk about, but we've, we've kind of got uh, a lot of requests for bike fitting, more bike fitting information. Um, so we thought it best to kind of break it into different episodes and then um, break it down into like specific, very specific issues. Cause we could talk, I mean, I could talk for days about bike fitting. Uh, I've been fitting bikes for over a decade, hundreds and hundreds of bikes over the years. Uh, I've dealt with all kinds of different issues. So uh, today we're gonna fix knee pain. Knee pain. Probably the most common thing, but yeah. today we're going to fix some knee pain. But first, I am Coach Dale Sanford. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last 11 years and 11 months through our work. <laughs> With athletes of all ages and ability levels, from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors, you can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, and all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Yahtzee. Did I enunciate well? That was good. Last time you kind of bumbled. I did. So I did. That uh, that was a much better, much smoother intro there. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's tackle knee pain. Knee pain. Like you said, one of the most common. Yeah, it's probably it, it's probably the most common reason why people right, come. That and numbness, right? Come, yeah, numbness and knee pain probably the two most common for uh, for people to inquire about a bike fit mm-hmm. uh, if they aren't already like into it for the performance optimization side of it. Um, but the thing, there's a few things that you kind of have to keep in mind, like, um, about bike fitting in general. These are kind of my disclaimers. One, if you've never been professionally fit and I'm biased, obviously, but is the like best spend you can have upgrading your cycling performance, like as far as, uh, performance gains possible for the money, Mm -hmm. like, it, it can make a huge difference. So uh, if you've not been professionally fit, I highly recommend you seeking out somebody that you know is uh, knows what they're doing yep. and, and get uh, professional fit done. Um, the other thing is, keep in mind, is that your body is so good at adapting to anything mm-hmm. aside from like, re- like horrible pain and horrible numbness. Like your body will adapt to a subpar position mm-hmm. and you'll, and you may never, never oh, know it. And typically it's the laziest position. Yeah. We're, we're lazy comfort. Yeah. yeah. So you end up kind of settling into these 
kind of lazier positions in yeah. general. And I could go on and on about how comfort, comfort, like comfortable positions, like certain comfortable positions actually are a detriment as well. But um, just keep in mind that even if you may not be having an issue, doesn't mean that your position is optimized. Correct. Um, and uh, the other thing is that you, you can't always blame your fit for an issue you're having unless it's been like a chronic issue that you're you've had since you got the bike or whatever uh you can't really blame the fit always because if you're if you're going longer harder riding more than normal stretching less stre yeah stretching less not doing strength uh in one of the ones that has become more and more apparent is what we call Zwift knees mm. you know in nerd yeah, Go back and watch the episode on erg mode. <laughs> yeah, erg needs. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you're riding the trainer with so many people riding indoors now and a lot of people riding indoors exclusively, um, just the difference in resistance on a trainer versus the road mm -hmm. can lend itself to some knee discomfort. So yeah. you can't always blame the fit, but if it's a chronic issue, there's probably things that you can change that will help your knee pain. You know, and then you like on top of that, it's you're you're uh, getting the the fit done properly. You're you're likely to get better muscle activation, uh, better riding posture, which in turn keeps your core activated. And then um, you know your body takes time to adapt. Once you change something, your body is going to take time. Even if the position was terrible, the body's going to take time to ha adapt to that like new stretching and contracting of the muscles mm -hmm. like like how they're activating how much they stretch how far they contract all that stuff is an adaption period so uh just keep those things in mind and i think an important note here as well is like your goals are going to play a role in what style of position you may be in but you may not have a body that's able to accommodate say a more aggressive position so you may be someone who wants to race or maybe you're doing, you know, race road bikes, or you want to do short course triathlon, and so you're wanting to get into a much more aggressive setup. And you may tell someone who, you know, when they're initially kind of just trying to get things right for you at the at a bike shop, for example, like, hey, I'm going to race, and they may try to get you into a, an aggressive position. But if your body is unable to handle that, if yep. you've got overly tight hamstrings, you know, you're gonna end up trying to accommodate on the bike with your position. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So that, that's something else to consider that you may be set up in a manner that you shouldn't be because of some of those biomechanical things going on with you. Sure. Muscular skeletal. All right, let's bust knee pain. Bust it. All right, so I'm breaking this down into like the two most common, frontal knee pain and then lateral knee pain. We'll do frontal first because it's the most common. Um, so by frontal knee pain, generally that lends itself to having pain either like, a, a, usually it's above or below the kneecap. Mm -hmm. um, you know, generally you don't get it straight on the kneecap, but it, it is possible, but above or below the kneecap. Um, <clears throat> and so there are tons of different things that could be causing frontal knee pain. Um, the first one is the most common and the rest of them are kind of all over the map. So, uh, your cleat position. Cleat position is absolutely number one. Uh, like re thing that I see um, on uh, for, for frontal knee pain. And 
like it's probably I'm going to throw this out there as a guess, but it's at least 50 to 60 percent of the people who come in for a fit with knee pain, uh-huh. their cleats are slammed forward. <clears throat> and that alone, there there is almost no reason <laughs> to have a cleat position that far forward. Yeah. So by forward, you're meaning like all closer the way to the towards toes. the toes. Yeah, yeah. It's closer to the toes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what we want to try to do and, and keep in mind as I'm going through these things, there are different schools of thought as far as bike fitting and positioning. Yep. And I am on this in the school of let's try to fix it with, with the proper strength and flexibility work yes. before we accommodate it in the fit. So like I personally use things like shims and wedges and stuff like that as a last resort if we can't fix it like musculoskeletally. Yes. yes. Do not accommodate weak hips by putting shims in a shoe. Yeah. Or wedges or, or, or wedges insoles or, or whatever. Yeah. So um <clears throat> anyway, so on the cleat position, generally speaking, you're you're going to want or I usually set the center of your cleat closer to the uh the most rear outward metatarsal so you have the inside part of your foot where your big toe is that that metatarsal on the outside and then where your pinky toe is you want me to take my sock off do not uh, take your sock off don't do it (laughs) for a live anatomy thing (laughs) so that the metatarsal on the back part of your foot uh nearest your pinky toe that is where i try to get the center of the cleat closest to now there's again all kinds of schools of thought on cleat position a lot of now, to be clear, that's we're talking about from like a, a front to back, not you're slamming it all the way to the right as well. No, the right foot and all the way. No, to the we're back. just talking so we're, about fore and aft, forward and backwards. So closer to the toes or closer to the heel. Uh, generally speaking, I will end up slamming the cleats back on people. Um, hey, slam that stem, slam that cleat, slam the cleats back, and like just start there. Like mm-hmm. now, the the. Um, there are cases where like mountain bike cleats, so mountain bike shoes have a heck of a lot more adjustability for and aft than typical road shoes. So if you're on a mountain bike shoe with like SPD cleats, like Shimano SPD cleats, you can get those generally speaking well behind that midfoot or that mid midsole pad, um, which don't, you don't always need it that far back, but mm. on road shoes, for whatever reason, uh, the cleat beds are put, way like much further forward and so um a lot of times i just end up slamming it back i mean probably nine times out of ten those cleats get slammed back so um that's a good place to start is just to bring those cleats all the way close to the heel um now if you are like me and you size up in shoes because you got wide feet um you know i've i've since gone to like getting wide shoes but If you are one of those people, most people will just go over the least expensive option and just size up because it fits them. But if you size up in shoes, so now those cleat beds are positioned even further forward, closer to your toe. And so you may not even be able to get far enough back on the the cleat, so closer to the heel Mm -hmm. or closer to that, the back part of that midfoot pad. In that instance, you can get cleat extenders. They do make them. Speed play usually makes them, used to make them if you have it on a speed play pedal. Um, I actually don't know if Wahoo is going to support that now that they've bought speed play, but um, 
there is a new company out there. You can actually go to midsolecycling.com. Uh, I've actually talked to Niels there and, uh, they make a, like a three, uh, three bolt cleat extender, uh, for like look and Shimano road and, and some of the other three bolt, uh, cleats. So, um, I, for, for those that can't get that far back, I've started recommending those to people, uh, you know, for fitting. So, but rule of thumb, just start. If you're just trying to get rid of the knee pain for, for time, you know, we're not really looking to fully optimize, but get rid of the knee pain, slam those cleats back. Do you want to go into just a little bit? Maybe you're going to touch on it, um, in future points here, but about why, like, why are you slamming it? further back yeah so help alleviate yeah so versus why is going further forward causing yeah so there's a few things so when the foot when you put the cleat further back the foot is further forward and that generally makes the knee angle at like when you're at the point of the pedal stroke when you're putting the most pressure on the pedals your knee angle your knee angle is wider it's not as acute uh you know the other part of that is that um when you have the cleat further back, you gen- you tend to drop your heel more. That also opens your knee up. Uh, it allows more glute activation, and it actually kind of uh, requires less on the quads and the calves as well. Which is which, if the quads and the calves are doing the main extension of your leg, it also puts a lot more tension in the knee joint. So I try to to position the cleats to where it is a much easier to get glute activation, mm-hmm. keep the heel lower, open the knee angle up. Um, and so taking a lot of tension out of that knee joint. So that's number one, easy, yep, like sure. easy there. Um, so number two would be the seat being too low. It's like, it's not as like if, when people come in for bike fits, more common is the seat is too high, yep. but seat too low is like, uh, will cause more knee pain than seat too high. So is it correct? Because you fit people on road, triathlon slash TT bikes, gravel bikes, mountain bikes, peloton across pelotons, like I mean, across the board. Is it typically seats too high? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, across the board, seat too, seats too high, but with with definite frontal knee pain, yeah, seat too low is pretty is more common. Yeah. Um, so. How do you how do you know if the seat's too low? Uh, an easy test to do is your knees hitting you in the chin. Yeah, if you're yeah, yeah, if you can hardly breathe because your knees are coming up so high, uh, that's the thing. If you're if you're bobbing and weaving yeah. to avoid knees as they pop up, yeah, good indication. So like if you're if you're pedaling, you go. What I would normally do is go to a lower, a bigger gear, lower cadence effort, and then try to push your heel kind of through the floor. Um, and if you're able to get your heel well below parallel to the ground and you still have a little bit of bend in your knee, so you're not like locking your knee out, but if you still have a little bit of bend in your knee and you can put your heel past parallel, there's a good chance that your, your seat is too low. Uh, it's just allowing way too much leg extension. And most people, you're not going to drive your heel below parallel most of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what happens is that knee stays, that knee angle stays smaller. Um, so if you can, if you find out that that's probably the case, all I recommend doing is raising your saddle two to three millimeters at a time 
don't go crazy and bring it up an inch, <laughs> inch plus. Go two, three mils at a time, and if you're still getting the knee pain, bring it up another two, three mils. Kind of retest your your heel position. And essentially, what we're looking for, what I look for when I fit, is uh, on a road bike, uh, like having a road mountain, um, having a fairly parallel heel with some bend in the knee uh, is a good. That's kind of how I set the seat height versus anything else. Uh, and I won't go into like specific angles and stuff like that because it's very person specific. But having the heel parallel at full extension with a little bit of bend in the knee, that's what that's what you're shooting for. All right, so two or three mils at a time, bring it up slowly. Um, really don't, like we, fitting is a game of millimeters. Like we're, we're constantly working on in small increments to see if we can, you know, because it's really easy, it's all a balance and you can really easily overshoot it. Yep. So number three, and the most common bike fit issue that I uh, deal with is the seat too high. Now, why is the seat too high cause an issue with your knees? Well, when the seat is too high, you actually have to finish the bottom of your pedal stroke by pointing your toes. And so it's just a chain. It's, it's the kinetic chain. As soon as that your toes start to point, your calf's contracted, your knee shifts forward, your quads start to use, you start to utilize your quads a whole lot more. And then, and again, once those quads are the like uh, prime extender of the leg, you get a lot of uh, pressure in the knee joint. Yep. Um, so what I end up doing for a lot of people is we do that same test. We we're driving the heel down. And most of the time, what you'll find is person can't even get anywhere near parallel and their leg is locked out. Yep. Um, and the heel is just still way up. Now, keep in mind, if you're on a time trial bike or a triathlon bike, there's, there is room for a little bit of heel lift when you're pedaling because that whole system is technically rolled forward. Mm -hmm. um, but on a road or a mountain bike, you're looking again for that parallel heel with a little bend in the leg um, and not able to go too much lower. And you don't want the heel to be way up at full extension. Yeah. Um, so again, if the seat is too high, lower it two, three mils at a time. You know, you can get, you can go a millimeter at a time a lot of times that most people won't, that's good for like, uh, helping pressure. But generally if you're getting knee pain, it's going to require a little bit larger change. So what if someone were to notice like, Hey, it's like, I'm nowhere close. Like my heels are way high. My legs locked out. Um, would you ever advise someone or do you ever take someone more than the two to three mils, but then make sure yeah, that they're not going out and like, oh, I feel good. I'm going to ride a century and see how it feels. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I end up lowering saddles well over that a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to drop a saddle by over an inch. Um, but that's also because I've done it a long time and I know what it's going to take to get the heel in the position that I wanted it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I do it a lot, but... If you're doing the trial and error aspect, if you're doing trial and error, to do small, yeah. small adjustments versus versus large. Absolutely, because again, you can't overshoot it, mm. and then you're you're having the opposite problem. And if you're already having knee problems, if your knee is already kind of inflamed and you're getting knee pain, mm -hmm. going the opposite direction is not going to 
it's you're just it's just going to stay. It's not going to go away. Yeah. So um, the the other thing to note is um, if you have poor hamstring flexibility, I was going to mention um, if you have poor hamstring flexibility, there is a really good chance that your knee gets to a point as you as you go into that downstroke, where it's the most powerful part of the pedal stroke, your knee gets to a point and then it just stops. And that may be well before the bottom of the, the bottom of the pedal stroke, meaning closer to six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it may be well below. Or, or it, sorry, your leg may just stop extending well before that. Um, and so when your hamstrings are like that stretched out, they are not going to do any work for you. It is self-preservation of that muscle group. They're, they are not going to start working until some tension comes off of them. And so what I have end up having to do a lot with people that have really poor hamstring flexibility is bringing the saddle down a lot to get that heel parallel. And then as their flexibility improves, we kind of inch it back up a little bit to um, kind of help that the extension. Because again, if you go too low, you're cutting your glutes off early. And then those are like the most powerful fatigue resistant muscle we have working for us. And so we want to utilize those as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting, if you're getting knee pain because the seat's too high, but you have poor hamstring flexibility, um, you, you probably know it. So start, start stretching, getting the hamstrings loosened up, but you can bring the saddle down kind of temporarily yep. and then kind of bring it, bring it back up. It's like when you're seasoning food, like you don't want to just throw all the seasoning in at once, right? You're like, Oh, I do. You do? Yeah. <laughs> if I do. it's salt, if it's salt, okay. <laughs> but if it's anything else, like you can't take it back out. I don't know. So it's easier to go small amounts initially and you can always add more. It's very, yeah, yeah. I was going to try to go with your food analogy and then it, <laughs> it's a, you can't take away, but you can. But you can. <laughs> yeah. So you just try to go like get that foot parallel, low, so big gear, low cadence. So you're kind of simulating a higher force effort. Yep. Try to get that heel parallel and then adjust the saddle as mm-hmm. needed to, to get that heel parallel with some bend in the knee. All right, and, so, and recruit a, f- a friend, family member, kid, someone to. Yeah. They can even video you while you're going through this. Yeah, video is uh, is absolutely slow mo. Video is absolutely mm-hmm. the best way to uh, gauge yourself on it. Yeah. Never uh, trust what you feel like no, you're doing. No, because I have I have people all the time that I have to cue if they haven't been taught on pedal stroke or anything like that. I have to cue them and hammer them on dropping their heel, even after I've lowered the saddle quite a bit. Mm-hmm because they've been pedaling with their toes down for so long because the saddle's too high. So a go, yeah, use video. I yeah. use video. That's all I use. For, that's the main thing I use for bike fitting is video and, uh, you know, calculating angles via, via video analysis. So, um, yeah, some of video is the best way for sure to see what you're actually doing because, mm-hmm. because you can feel like you're slamming your heel through the floor and you're still, you'll still have it super high. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another little, another thing that it could be is your seat too far forward. And, and now I see this more in 
time trial bikes, triathlon bikes, everyone just wants to slam it, you know, slam the saddle forward. Uh, I, I see it in those bikes quite a bit. And then also like, um, in a case where a bike is probably too big for somebody or they have, they have the reach set way too far. So they're trying to make up for the reach difference, not by changing the stem length, but by slamming the seat forward, thinking, you know, it's more comfortable now because I don't mm -hmm. have to reach as far. So, um, I won't go into a lot of front end changes, uh, today as far as like knee pain, but that is one. If you're, if the reach is too far. And by front end, you're talking handlebars, stems. Yeah. Yep. Front end of the bike. Yeah. If you're the, the dirt, the distance you have to reach to touch the handlebars or the aero pads or whatever, if that's too long, uh, it could be forcing you to slide forward or you ended up slamming your seat forward because you're trying to make up for that difference in the reach. Yeah. And it's more of a comfort thing. People just go for comfort first and foremost, which is, which I understand, but it's not always the best, uh, mm -hmm. for kind of optimizing the position itself. Yep. Um, so see too far forward. So kind of, uh, this is like the age old, uh, if you look up anything on bike fit, you'll, you'll find the, uh, the, the cops principle, bad boys, bad boys, what you're gonna do, what you're gonna do when they come for you. Brian set that up before we were, <laughs> nobody, he told me he's no gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was a huge cops fan, oh, by so the way. I watched that show and I was like, you know what? I hope to never be on the yeah, show I ever. Really hope it'll be a low, a high and a low all at the same time. Yeah. So the, the cops principle is with a K with a K. a K. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Knee over pedal spindle. So at either three o'clock or nine o'clock in the pedal stroke, um, you will take a, we'll use a plumb bob. For those of you who don't know what that is. So it's basically a string of the weight. We mean parallel with the ground, parallel with the ground, crank arm, parallel to the ground. Um, you'll you'll like i'm not a huge fan of this but it is good for for getting a generalized spot. reference yeah. yeah um so uh parallel to the ground crank arms parallel to the ground heel fairly level you're going to take a um a plumb bob off the bump below your patella we'll go into the yeah the bony process yeah the process bony process below your your patella your kneecap um, and that string, that plumb bob would travel straight through the pedal spindle. That's like the general rule. M most fitters at least know that. Yeah. Um, so like if you're, if you're doing this knee over pedal measurement, um, and your knee, like your knee comes way ahead of the pedal spindle, there's a good chance that your saddle is too far forward. And so, um, you can, you know, you can move the saddle back to kind of that knee over pedal position and see if that helps. Generally, there's some adjusting you might need to make with the saddle height once you move it fore and aft. Um, but you can move the saddle backwards, like further away from the bottom bracket or the handlebars, whatever you want to look at it. Mm. Um, you know, and that, again, that's a, that's a good start. Now, that being said, if you are on a time trial bike or a triathlon bike, generally speaking, you're going to be knee, your knee over pedals position will be ahead of that pedal spindle yeah. almost always. Yeah. 
Um, but the way you're sitting on the bike is different yes. than what you would be in a normal road or mountain yes, bike. Yes, you're going to be more position. forward and up, higher. Up higher. And so your your knee With over pedal rotated far more forward yeah. than you would have. So your knee your knee angle tends to stay more open because the whole system is rolled forward. Yeah. And um, your bottom of your pedal stroke is now past six o'clock as opposed to yes, closer to like set, like yeah, six thirty seven. Um now on a mountain bike you may there there are I you know, there are times where on a mountain bike you might be behind. Uh, the pedal spindle. So the more upright the position, the more possibility that you'd be behind the pedal spindle. I don't see a lot of that really. It really depends on the length of your femurs. If you have short short femurs and longer um, tibia, uh, you may need to have may need to be behind the pedal spindle. But that's all. And for a lot of folks, if you go back to point number one, the adjustment of the cleat will have an impact on where right. that plumb bob would be hitting. So, yep. yep. Yeah. So, you know, it, it does the, like the knee over pedal is just, a, it's just a good place to start mm-hmm. and then just kind of like go from there. Yeah. To see if you're, if you're out of whack one direction or yeah. the other. But here's the thing, this is what I've seen a lot with time trial bikes and triathlon bikes. If that plumb bob comes way out in front of your toes, like the, this, the, uh, the string is like not even touching the shoe because you're it's so far ahead of the foot you got to come back like there there are very few people that can uh withstand that type of a aggressive forward position um and I, there are a lot of pros that will do it yeah it's you know but they're also freaks of nature so exactly um and while we're talking about this like this has nothing to do with knee pain but oh, if yeah, you are <laughs> It does have to do with bike fit, though. So if you're someone who's wanting to compete in a uh, national championship on the road, yeah. there are restrictions with where you can set your seat. So you cannot be, you have to be at least five centimeters behind the bottom bracket with the nose of your saddle. So like if you're someone trying to set yourself up on a TT bike for a, a national championship event, you need to make sure you're five centimeters behind yeah. as your starting point. And, and, uh, which every triathlete you'll see and probably most amateur cyclists are yeah. going to be over bottom bracket or possibly, yeah. or very close they to that. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, it's something to keep in mind. That's why I like triathlon, man. <laughs> no rules, baby. I, I like, I like, it's like the wild west. Non-drafting, of, uh, uh, non-drafting triathlon. Uh, there's like no rules. So no rules. There, there's a few, but, uh, not as far as your positioning goes. Don't ride on the left side. I learned that. Yeah. <laughs> Stay off the left side of the lane. That's, uh, yeah, don't, don't ride the left side. Don't do it. All right. So, um, one of the, the lesser, um, common things for knee pain is the saddle tilt. Mm-hmm. And it really just comes in because, um, well, there's one or two things that could be caused the saddle tilt could cause knee or one or two ways saddle tilt called cause knee pain. One is that it's tilted so far down that you're actually sliding forward too far. Um, and you're causing, basically you're causing the uh, your knee to be too far forward mm-hmm. or you're sliding forward and it's because of the seats angled as you slide forward, the, the effective saddle height drops. And so now the saddle could be too low. So like real, real quick check on, uh, on a saddle. And, it, and, and this is like the mo- probably the most common thing I see go wrong with saddle 
is the tilt. You like about 25 up, right? Yeah, 25, 25 degrees, degrees up. Nose up. Nose up, just and then ride the rivet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, so, in our next episode, we'll be dealing with uh, numbness issues. Num- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you, um, when you level a saddle, you're not leveling the whole saddle unless that saddle is completely flat. And there's, Mm -hmm. there are, there are some out there, but less or less common to have a saddle that's completely flat. Um, like there are, well, there's more and more, I'd see more and more like time trial saddles and and stuff like that. They're, They're more common, but for the most part, if there's any like rear to it, to where like, you're going to be sitting on your sit bones They're like where those wings are. There's generally a little bit of an upslope. And so the big mistake is that somebody puts a level on that saddle and they level the whole saddle. Well, that puts the nose, like the sweet spot of the saddle and the nose up. So if you try to sit on that saddle, you even try to go lower, lower hand positions, arrow position, and you, and you slide forward at all. And now you're on a up, up, yeah. up slope. That's that 20 degree, and five degrees. We that's a problem. About. Yep. So when you're le- like, check your saddle, you look at the sweet spot, look at the spot that you're going to, um, sit on the most. It might be like a two to three inch section of that saddle and you level that. If you got an old saddle, look at your wear pattern on your yeah. saddle. You'll get a good feel for where you're spending yeah. most of your time. Level that. Um, uh, and that, that should prevent you from moving around too much. Um, just yeah, be cautious about leveling the whole saddle. Yeah. Don't look at the rails. Don't level the rails. Uh, there's a lot of there's several brands out there, specifically specifically ISM saddles, Adamos. When you level those things, the rails are generally up. So it you know that's how a lot of people who ride Adamos end up with the front end like nose down too much because they're trying to level the rails instead of the actual sweet spot of the saddle. Mm. So pay attention to to that sweet spot. All right, so we're jumping. We're changing hands. Let's go. We, we're no, we're no longer on the front. Is this the leap of faith? This is the leap to the lateral. Good. Lateral. All right, we're going lateral knee pain. So um, less are common, but, also, but still common. Um, with lateral knee pain, it could be any one of the things that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go with those things first. Um, you know, just check through them. Because any type of thing that could be causing uh, frontal knee pain can be causing lateral knee pain as well. Um, I had this last, but I'm going to it now because we hammer it, hammer it, hammer yes. it. Yes, do it. Strength work. Strength. You're, if you're getting lateral knee pain, there is a strong possibility that you have weak hips. And those lateral hip muscles lateral stabilizers are what prevent your knee from going in and out mm-hmm. side to side while you you know do thousands upon thousands of pedal strokes and for you triathletes when you're running as well yeah absolutely yeah so if your if your hips are weak it behooves you Ooh, behoove. it behooves you to ignore your your weakness uh your strength weakness and this goes this is a big reason why i don't use a lot of wedges uh and insoles and stuff like that if it's clearly something that can be fixed with strength work and flexibility work um and that's all the way up the chain 
It could be stuff you need to do with your feet. It could be stuff you need to do with your hips. Like your glutes, you know, that could I mean, be a knee pain, a frontal knee pain issue yeah. as well, where if you're overutilizing quads yeah, because, because your, your glutes, glutes aren't, aren't working. Yeah. So uh, Dale mentioned how fatigue resistant those and powerful the glutes are. Get to using those and you're going to start taking strain off those knees. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so strength work. And again, there's some easy checks here. Uh, so if, if you, you know, the one that I use the most is go into a side plank. So side plank and then try to lift your leg, top leg off the ground and hold that for at least 15 seconds. If you can't hold it for at least 15 seconds, there's a there's a definite weakness there. Go ahead and pause the podcast yeah. the video right Give now. Give it a shot. <laughs> and do both sides too. Don't just yeah. don't just check your strong side. Yeah. Uh, it's very common mm -hmm. to have a weakness there um, because we go straight line all the time. Yep. Uh, unless you're, you know, trail running or, or whatever, you don't get a lot of lateral movement. So check it. It's it's probably the most common thing I see in the reason why somebody's knee would track funny laterally is bad hip weakness. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right. So beyond that, there are a few other things that, uh, you can address. W one thing that I've, I've noticed, and this is, this is not as common is pedal spindle length. Yeah. And so if you're like a bigger person or you got wide hips or something like that, um, there's a chance that you could benefit from having your foot stand a little bit wider away from the crank, uh, arm itself. So they do make extended, uh, spindle pedals. You can buy, uh, pedal extenders, which the only, the only problem with those is that they basically only come like the smallest size you can get, I think is like 15 or 20 millimeters. So it's a pretty big stance yeah. difference. I thought you were going to say the weight. <laughs> Since you're a weight weenie over there. Well, they, they, they do add about, um, they <laughs> add about 10, 15 grams. Go watch out for that. Um, but I have fixed a lot of knee tracking on bigger folks, um, with pedal, uh, spindle extenders. Mm. Um, so if you're getting lateral knee pain and you've got, and you're a bigger individual or you have wider hips, that's something to look into, uh, for sure. Um, there's one like one of the like key things is like if you if you like accidentally clip out all the time uh that's uh, that's kind of like a, a hint that you might need a wider stance um or your cleats are set to to uh light the springs are set mm -hmm. too light um so if you have uh this is this is probably pretty more are more obvious for triathletes if you have like bad pronation so like if you stand and your like ankles collapse just on the like standing on the floor there's a good chance that you're probably running in a support shoe um and there's a good chance that you could use some arch support in your in your cycling shoes i use arch support more than wedges mm -hmm. because arch support uh can help most of the time arch support in cycling shoes is stiffer it's harder so it doesn't collapse when you um put pressure on it like a running shoe foam would and so when you um put an arch support into a shoe a cycling shoe it it can correct that pronation without having to put a wedge 
in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first go, if there's really bad pronation and it's causing lateral movement in the knee, is to go with an arch support to try to, to push up on the inside part of the foot and get the foot to sit a little bit more flat um, uh, or just offer that offer that foot some support because there's also they're probably also um, pushing in on the inside part of the foot a little bit. Yeah. Um, so art support and, and not a lot, you don't need a ton of art support. If you, if you're, especially if you're flat footed, if you're more flat footed and you have bad pronation, just a little bit of art support goes a long way. Um, and I've had a lot of good success with those. And there's, there's a few, uh, companies out there. There used to be more, but there, there's a few companies out there that are making adjustable insoles. So you buy the insole for the shoe and it comes with like three different inserts, mm-hmm. like a, like a basically a small, medium, large, and you can play with, you know, play with those to see which kind of helps you kind of feel like your foot's sitting flatter. Like you're not, your, your ankles aren't diving in every pedal stroke. Every time you put pressure on the pedals, um, float, float is another one. Um, a lot of times, so float is like how much your feet move in a rotation around the cleat itself um and so like there are pedal systems like speed play that have adjustable but have a ton of float like 30 degrees of float is possible with a speed play and then you've got pedals where um you're down to like zero like there's no float and so i think a lot of people sometimes don't realize what they're buying and they buy the pedal the cleat system with no float or very little float. And so their, their stance may naturally want to be more in or out. And so when you, when your foot starts to rotate, your heel starts to rotate out or in, and you hit that float, that limit on the float, well, your body's going to do whatever the heck it wants to continue to, to push power to the pedal. And so with that foot stopping, your knee may come in, to try to get more out of the glutes or the hips. And so now you have a really poor alignment between your hip, knee, and ankle. Um, so I like pedals with a lot of float. And I, you know, I still use, or I use the uh, Favero Asioma pedals for power meter, but I, I gotten the cleats with the highest amount of float that they offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that that's fine. I used to use speed plays exclusively because of all the float it offered. And generally speaking, because of that, you, you don't even, well, in a speed play, you don't even really have to, I set the float based on, uh, the heel in to make sure that it doesn't crack the crank arm. Um, and then I'll leave it out unless there's something that stands out, like why we'd want to limit it. Do you notice, and this may go into a side tangent, so we don't need to, um, but if, do you notice that there's some people who are on a high float that when they get on the bike and you're looking at them are just going all over the place with the heel more so than they need to. So is the float allowing them to be wonky with, uh, what that, now, what not, that heel is not necess- I don't, I haven't noticed that because generally what happens is when you, when you start to put more tension into the system, like you start to put more force to the pedal, things tighten up. And so those, the joint alignment becomes much more solid and fluid. It's when you're going easy, like, and you're just tooling around where things may move around a lot more. Mm -hmm. But once you start to really push the muscles and the joints and everything is going to align the way it needs to, to produce force. 
so if you, again, so if you are limiting the float and the foot wants to be in or out to align with the yeah. hip and the knee, like that's where you create that twist in the yeah. like knee joint and you could end up with lateral, lateral or, knee. Or then. you're clipping out, which uh, also is not yeah, if you're, under lots Yeah, of if you're clipping out, it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of float. Um, if you are experiencing knee pain, check your cleats just, just to see how much is there. If you have a lot of float, it kind of goes to the next thing where, where you can, you can actually like, if you're using a three bolt cleat, like a Shimano or a look time, like you can use, you can actually rotate the cleat a little bit. Most people stand with a little bit of heel in. That's me. Yeah. So if you just kind of look at yourself and how you stand normally, you can try to mimic that a little bit. Now, again, a, a little bit of movement goes a long way in a cleat. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to do it yourself, you're looking at the, the cleat and I would go about rotating the shoe. And so hold the cleat, it's steady, and then kind of move the shoe just a little bit to where um, you kind of see the, the heel come in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that will kind of have your normal clipped in stance be more natural to like how you stand and how you produce power. So, I mean, if you think about it, when you're doing a squat, vertical jump, that sort of thing, your toes are almost always going to be out a little bit. So I, I usually put a little bit of heel in on people's cleats, no matter what. And then when we go to look at the knee alignment, we adjust it if it's not tracking normally. Um, but you can rotate the cleats, um, to, especially if you have cleats that don't have a lot of float, you can rotate them, uh, to, to have your stance a little bit more natural. That is it. That's that's the main the main things. I know that was a lot. What but about IT band stuff? Does that ever impact? And you know, often more more common with the running <laughs> folks. But do you ever run into issues where it's an IT band style? Yeah. Well, issue leading to it, or is that? Well, it, it's uh, it's it is a matter of like what the root cause is. So it's yeah. like, um, if you are a triathlete, there's a fair chance that you're running is actually causing the inflammation in the, in the IT band. And then the, the cycling positions not helping it. I mean, you could have a good position and still have lateral knee pain. If it's an IT band problem that's happening from your running. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, it's worth getting checked. It's worth, it's worth getting your bike fit checked. It's worth getting your running mechanics checked having a strength assessment done on you, that sort of thing. Um, because there are so many root causes to oh, knee pain. An interconnected system like we, I mean, these human bodies are, it like it be so, so much. And it's like, you, you can, you can drill down and do so many things and not necessarily solve it. But the key, one of the keys in like, uh, solving knee pain is, one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Do one thing at a time so you know what worked. When working with lots of variables, don't change all the variables at yeah, one time. Don't change all the variables at once, for sure. But it, yeah, if you are having IT band problems, um, I usually I see that's usually a strength issue. No. Ooh, pain train. All right, we can end now. Yeah. We were just waiting for the train to come <laughs> by. Now we can end. Yeah, IT band problems. I usually go strength first strength and flexibility first 
and then definitely look at shoes if you're a, a triathlete look at your running shoes and then your uh bike fit so that's a whole nother uh podcast right there it is it's a whole nother podcast it is a whole nother one so numbness coming up next and then uh <laughs> yeah 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 next round if you have other uh like topics on or specific bike fit questions we're more than happy to drill down into the specifics of of things uh we just have to know what your mm-hmm. your questions are so you can always uh send your questions to couch couch or, or coach or coach if you spell it wrong uh at buildpeakcompete.com uh and we'll we get those and we answer those emails and yeah, if you have good questions, we'll, we'll definitely turn it into a, a whole episode. Cool. All right. So we appreciate everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Adios.